Yeah. Ah, and we're live. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBonnet. And I am David Uyoa, and with me today are uh, two very special guests. Glad that we can uh, get you both on. We've got uh, Gabby and Peter. Uh, say hi, Gabby and Peter. Hello. Hey, so excited to do this season of the Witch Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's been so- dying to wear that mask. <laughs> <laughs> for uh for, for the listener uh, tune in live so that you can uh so you can see the shenanigans going on uh but uh but also for the listener we we had um we'd kind of offered up to a couple of our our horror friends uh a selection of of halloween themed movies we're like hey listen pick pick one uh if you want to be on if you don't want to be on you know you can go fuck yourselves <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so so basically uh, Gabby and Peter chose uh, Trick or Treat, which is tonight's pick. Uh, but 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 Peter is just a little salty. I, I, it's actually like one <laughs> A and one B for me. I love Trick or Treat to death. I think it's probably more rewatchable. Um, uh-huh. Like just put it on the background, enjoy it. It's the right vibe. But Season of the Witch, I think I love it. The more I notice that people aren't loving it as much as they should, the more my love grows. Yes, sir. And yeah. And I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like it is an awesome. There's a subgenre of horror that's Halloween themed horror or takes place during, around, and that's a small pool to choose from. And so these, those are the two movies that I go to the most, even more than any Michael Myers film. Yeah, but since this podcast was both of us right, here, right, right. and since <laughs> I know probably nothing about Season of the Witch except for the masks and the Shamrock song. She saw it one time. It that, yeah, but that's resonate. it. But like, I can't, I couldn't get into it, and so <laughs> I, you know. Song. If you're going to let me decide, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to be trick or treat. Yeah, happy to do it. Love trick or treat. Love saying. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I I agree. I think that of of all the Halloween movies, Halloween 3 definitely has that Halloween vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it nails it better than any other. Plus, I mean, you've got Tom Atkins, who is, I, I think, one of the unsung heroes of, of 80s horror. Um, it's It's funny, Dave, because I saw someone talk about it somewhere online where it's like, that Tom Atkins is like the worst protagonist. Like there's nothing redeeming about him throughout the whole film. Every, <laughs> every choice he makes is so bizarre. It's like, so yeah, I, I get the hate on it, but I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, something about it works, you know? Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll, but we'll save it. Yeah. yeah we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll save that for next week. Cause we uh, are going to be coming back with Halloween three a week yeah. from now. So make sure you watch us live, but uh, Peter and Gabby, uh, we're really happy to have you all here. And one of the first things we always like to do when we have people on is uh, obviously you seem to be horror fans based on your what you're surrounded with here and the fact that you're willing to do this podcast with us. So uh, take a second, tell it's each of us or tell each of you tell us what got you into horror. I'll let you start, Peter. 
Um, I I think my first experience like loving horror was more, not necessarily horror films, but everything I grew up with in the in the eighties and nineties, like all the kid stuff was Ghostbusters, Mad Balls, Tales from the Crypt, Toxic Avenger, and all everything that was marketed to kids. Well, Toxic Crusaders, right? Everything that was marketed <laughs> yeah. to kids was a little bit like in that side. It was like EC Comics Junior. And um, so from from super young, I just remember everything that I loved was monsters, monster movies. And then my parents, somehow we had access to watch the Universal Monsters movies like often. And so we would always watch Creature from the Black Lagoon, my favorite Universal Monster. And then, you know, Frankenstein, all that. And then eventually like um tales from the dark side uh you know tales from the crypt so it's just always been a thing dude and then i discovered evil dead 2 which is probably my favorite film of all time and it's like it's it's something that i've always just loved i love the genre i love the gore but i love the humor in the gore and the spooky atmosphere is just it's an awesome vibe to have on man just love it excellent that's awesome i um have a similar i guess a little different my dad god bless him will never say that he's a horror fan but at eight years old he gave my sister and i a cassette that was uh alien no it was sorry it was the fly and alien that's a great double feature yeah and he would just give us that and be like have fun and i don't think he I don't know. I don't know if he thought that it was that scary, but it definitely scared me and my sister, but we got addicted to watching it. And it was sometimes the only thing that we had to watch, but also like growing up, I'm very much a nineties kid. And we grew up with stuff like, um, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Which is like a weekly dose of terrifying stories. And, um, we also grew up with all those, um, scary stories to tell in the dark books, goosebumps. Um, what else? There was something else that I had in, in mind that really got us. Oh, Blockbuster Video. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the minute that you get unleashed into Blockbuster Video, you're going straight to the horror section because you want to see all the scary stuff. And that's where I got hooked on Evil Dead. Mm. And Evil Dead is my favorite horror franchise, all of them, through Army of Darkness and now Ash versus Evil Dead. So, like, that that love affair with horror started really early for me as much as scary. Oh, you know what else really got me hooked? My dad had um, War of the Worlds on vinyl. When we were kids and we would just sit next to the vinyl player like listening to the original broadcast of it right the, on the, the orson wells broadcast <sighs> yeah that's yeah. what i meant yeah and it was incredible like it, like it still gives me chills to this day to listen to it but we got hooked yeah there's something awesome about like the fun of being scared and being pushed to the edge and gabby brings up her dad and and i have to say my mom has always loved halloween you know and not necessarily like gore and horror, but she just loved the festivities around it. So um, we always grew up with the idea that Halloween is the Jimmy Jam, dude, and and it must be <laughs> celebrated and it must be, um, you know, looked forward to. And and I think that's why Gabby and I, uh, one of the things that Gabby and I have in common and we love about each other is we both love it so much that we start Halloween like mid September. It's like September. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one- that's the way to do it. And uh, once again, it, it keeps coming to this. Like, and I guess it's just our it's our age group and our friends' age group. But VHS part strikes again. Yes, like yes. that comes up time and time again when we get people into that segment. She brings I, it, Gabby brings that up all the time. It's like the idea that it's hard to convey this to younger people now, but the idea of walking in, especially when you were too young to watch them, 
to a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. I remember walking to Specs. I don't know if you guys remember Specs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And all the box art was so good in that aisle mm-hmm. that it just being in there and wondering what all these films were. And then I remember being old enough later to get whatever I want. And I remember, Ooh, that's the box art that used to freak me out. Like I, yeah. I like the original fright night box art is one of the best boxes of yes. evil dead Two box art is one of the best boxes, you know, things like that. It's, it's, it's a time and a place. And the, the video store, man, is so important. Really. And it was just a thrill to watch those movies. Like, especially when you, it was before really the internet was prolific enough to give you like the full synopsis of everything. Like sometimes it was just thrilling to walk in and pick something off the shelf that looked truly terrifying. Just be like, I don't know what this is going to be. Yeah. I might shit myself tonight. Yeah, yeah. But well, and you, you kind of see that with, uh, with the original evil dead, right? The, that, that cover image of yeah. Bruce Campbell with a woman who is not in the movie. Right. Right. right? Um, I mean, it's it looks cool. It's inviting, right? Um, but I I think there is something lost by saying, okay, this interests me. Let me let me read what the synopsis of this movie is versus saying, yeah, that looks cool. I'm gonna rent this. What is that? A disembodied phone? A disembodied hand dialing oh. a phone? I should I should watch this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just thinking about the cover for House. That yes. Yeah. Oh my god, I love House and yeah. House too. Is is fantastic as well. And I need I don't to watch think it's House too. Yeah, I, I never it, seen House too. It's not. It's totally different. Yeah, yeah. Um, House it's, Two is more, more of like a like a slapsticky comedy. I, um, I like I like the scary and funny together. Like growing up, two of my favorite movies were um, well, Gremlins Two specifically, but then also Ghoulies Two. I don't know if you guys remember Ghoulies. Yeah, too. and not Ghoulies. Ghoulies uh, to Ghoulies me too. is not that good. It's trying too hard to be scary, and it's not. But Ghoulies Two recognizes what it is, and the horror comes from being at a theme park, which is already terrifying as it is when you get to know what really makes the theme park work, uh, a <laughs> carnival, really, a carnival, and then putting these little like ruffian mutant satanic spawn throughout, you know, messing with everything. So yeah, that, I just love the the slapstick fun, but when it's still scary and funny, that's the best. Evil Dead 2, dude, it's the apex. It is It is the perfect amalgamation, I think, yeah. of of those things. Um, that's That's great. Yeah. And oh, trick or treat yeah. has that a lot, by the way. Like, it, oh, yeah. yeah, it is yeah. very funny. the pulp, the pulp uh, nature of, of horror yeah. in it. Yeah, the campiness of it all. That's, um, I, I think that what trick or treat, and it's a great transition to uh, the, the, the first point that we always like to make, uh, when, when we're reviewing a movie is kind of like a, like a nice little overview, you know, whether you like the movie, you don't like the movie in general terms, what do you think works or doesn't work about the movie? Uh, and, and one of the things that I think Halloween does really well is, uh, that, Trick or treat it, does. It's uh right, trick or treat. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's got this sort of like this is what children are afraid of, right? Uh, because because Halloween is definitely something where as a kid, sometimes I was afraid to go and ring the doorbell, right? Yeah. Um, especially if it was a, a neighbor that like I was afraid to go ring the doorbell to go get a baseball or something, right? Uh so these are stories that kids would definitely be afraid of like like a like, like a father killing his son sort of thing you know um and so uh, i i want to ask uh you creepy you teachers first, you know peter teachers. peter and, and and gabby yeah. what what are your thoughts general on trick or treat 
I mean, it's like the classic Halloween. I mean, since it came out, right? Because it's a fairly, I guess, new, if we want to talk like new entry, right? Because it came out, mm -hmm. what, 2007? And it so, was shelved for a while, right? right. We have that stat mm -hmm. somewhere. I remember seeing that film advertised for years before it came out. Yeah. But to me, it's like the classic, like, this is what you put on. Like, if you had to pick just 10 movies to watch in Halloween or Halloween season, this would be one of them. It has to mm -hmm. be one of them. Because it. first of all, you've got an, it's an anthology, right? So, like, it's, it's like a, a nice collection of short stories. What's better than sitting around with your friends and listening to a bunch of scary stories? And what's better than having them all linked together through one thread? And who is a more iconic symbol of Halloween than Sam? Yes, it so, doesn't yes. get better than that, dude. He literally isn't. He's like, um, what is it in D and D? He's like chaotic neutral or something, or yeah. chaotic yeah. like just or whatever. Like he doesn't. He's not out to get you. He just wants to make sure that you are abiding by the rules of how. Yeah. And they're very simple rules. Give out candy. Don't take your stuff down until Halloween is over. Keep your jack o' lanterns. Like it's easy stuff that we all grew up don't knowing. Don't kill kids. Don't and kill bosses. <laughs> and and, and it, he's a. If you're a piece of shit, then you're going down, and he's gonna take you down. <laughs> you, like it's pretty easy but those stories to me always remind me of like sitting around a campfire telling scary that trying to scare the shit out of your friends by telling the scariest story possible and i feel like every one of the stories in that movie hits on like a classic trope right like uh the the scary story the urban legend of the kids who get killed and now are haunting everybody right. the urban legend of Oh shit, there's werewolves. The mm -hmm. urban legend of there's a serial killer living in your neighborhood. Like it literally hits every classic. So it's what more if you just watch that movie in the entire month of October, you'd be good. You'd be set. Yeah, I I agree with everything Gabby said. And good. one thing that <laughs> I, the reason the, the reason I think Trick or Treat to me stands out more than any other recent horror film or man, if if you really think about it, like Look, there's horror films in the vein of like Hereditary. That movie's messed up. But yes. when you talk about horror, that's like fun and like, like it's a celebration of the genre. Like Trick or Treat to me in the last twenty years easily steals the the the, the spotlight because it everything that Gabby says is an anthology. The scary stories, yes, all those things, but it also like really goes hard on the aesthetic and the atmosphere that a lot of horror movies kind of miss out on for the fear that maybe this will make it kind of corny or cheesy or less realistic or less scary. But having an iconic character like Sam, it's almost like he's the jack-o'-lantern part two almost. Like you now have, it's, if you think about it, there isn't a Halloween Santa Claus, you know? Well, now and there is. Like, it's well, Sam. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we, yeah. Gabby and I discussed it this year specifically. He has we're a like, sack and everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Like this, like this is kind of like one of those characters that can be that, you know, that 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 recognizable archetype for the holiday. So that you have that. You're you're talking about the rules of Halloween, which is the intention of the that's the, the backbone of the film. There's rules of Halloween, the traditions, and why we adhere to them and all this. And and then, you know, again, every story is about Halloween in in not only in the rules, but in how it plays out. Costumes, trick-or-treaters. 
uh, people who are annoyed by Halloween, people who are like obsessed with Halloween, people who use Halloween as an excuse for like just hooking up with each other, like those weird creepy teachers in that one house. Uh, you know, so it's like I forgot that about the creepy teachers. That's oh the scariest part, yeah. And so like, and then and this. I'm not. I'm, I'm not the only one that got shining vibes from that, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, a yes, little. Yes. Uh, but what was it? He said he was like, was it was so and so was dressed up like a hot dog, like fucking a pig. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then the idea of kids being front and center of the story is the other thing. And like, not being safe. Yeah. Which because, I love. The kids yeah. are not safe. Yeah. And because, like, you know, when you're a kid trick or treating, like you're saying, Dave, all the things that encompass Halloween, like, dude, I wouldn't ring on a stranger's doorbell today for no reason. You know what I mean? As an adult, <laughs> and as a kid, you're walking down streets you don't necessarily walk down. You're going all the way up into people's personal space. And, and in this movie, the kids are front and center a lot and not one set of kids particularly, but just the idea of what it's like to be a kid and creeped out. It's it's awesome, dude. Yeah, I love that. Um, the like uh, Gabby said it perfectly uh, was the exact comparison I was going to make, which is this idea of campfire stories yeah. and trying to one up. I mean, this, this movie, yes, ands itself to an amazing conclusion where you see everything tied together. And that's the exact vibe that I get from this movie is a bunch of friends sitting around and it's, and it's like, Oh, Oh yeah, sure. You've heard about that one kind of fucked up thing that happened in our town, but let me tell you about the other really fucked up thing that happened right. in our town. Right. And, and the, 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 the movie, just like I said, it just, yes. ands itself to these amazing climaxes and these great scenes and you're right about the aesthetic. Just you're you're bombarded with it. And the one guy who isn't who that isn't part of his aesthetic, it is forced upon yeah. him. Yeah. And so the one the one break you get from constantly being reminded that it's Halloween, that's what makes him the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's right. like, and so it's not only hey, it's Halloween, and we want to remind you about that. It's like hey, it's Halloween. And Halloween's really fucking important. So pay attention. Yeah. Look at what we're telling you. And so it's that idea of it's always getting a little bit better. Like, oh, yeah, there's some hot girls going to a party. Yeah. Oh, yes. And they've got to find dates. Yes. And the one girl picks up a guy that might be a vampire. And it, and it just keeps going and building on I itself love like that. Let me tell you something. There's nothing, you know, as a as a woman who has had to deal with the trope of uh, we're going to be sexy Pikachu this year, or we're going to be sexy <laughs> nurse. And like everybody's always trying to be like the sexy version of whatever bullshit that they can think of, right? I love that they put those women in a position of power and they're like, yeah, they're going to dress up sexy. They're hunting, they're <laughs> right. literally trying to hunt for food. Yeah. And they have to bring people in with the only way that they know how, which is with their bodies. Fine, dress however you want. But that to me was like, man. Yeah, and and all all of the all of the stories do that. They they're it's you you they establish and then they build. They establish and they build. And it's and it's not just great storytelling. It is it's it's verbal storytelling brought to life. And I think that that's what makes this movie that's what makes this movie what it is. Yeah. Um, and also to your point earlier of it getting shelved, I just looked it up. It was a festival film in 2007 when they started advertising it, but it wasn't released to uh, the public until 2009 when it yep. finally got a home media release. So it did. It got shelved yeah. for two years. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy, man, because it's like. Now it's you can't get away from it, you know. It's like everywhere. At, at least merchandise. I mean, have you gone into Spirit right. Halloween at any point in the last couple of weeks? It's yeah. all Sam. trick or treat all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
It's amazing. And it, and I now I'm getting personally offended when people tell me like, oh, I don't really like that movie. I'm like, no, well, then no. you can leave. <laughs> no, no, well, like, we, we can't really, really be friends then. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry that you're out yeah. of my family now. No. Like, I, <laughs> more, I, I hear more people like, oh, I didn't even watch that. Like, like it was a throwaway film. I'm like, you know what? That really stinks, man. Because it should be. And I think it will be a, like a modern cult classic. We always remember those cult mm. classics growing up that nobody watched. And now they watch. Well, this is going to be that. Like I was talking about it with somebody and she was like, oh, that's the one with Pumpkinhead. And I was like, I get what yeah. you're talking about, but Pumpkinhead also a different movie. That's his so, own that's thing. Yeah. Own Pumpkinhead is also his own thing. You're talking yeah. about Sam. Like right. uh, yeah. you should call him Sam. I get it. I get it. Pumpkinhead, a very different thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a very memorable moment when he gets uh, unmasked and you see that it's like a pumpkin fetus skull. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Whatever really memorable. Yes. Um, so we, we've talked about it and we, we, we've talked around it, but, um, the fact that this is an anthology film really sets it apart from a lot of things that have come out. Like, uh, like Peter said, really in the last 20 years, uh, there's a lot of things that we can talk about that set it apart, but that's a huge thing. It really throws back to like the sixties when Amicus Productions was dropping a lot of things like, uh, Tales from the Crypt mm -hmm. and, uh, Dr. Ha Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, stuff like that. So it came Oh I mean, God. awful, but good. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's awful, but damn, it's fun to watch. And so it uh, it brings that back without, you know, without it, you know, like, it. I mean, it tells you at the beginning, right? When it starts, it's like, oh, these are four films or four stories or whatever. But it also presents them in a way that it attempts to make them a, a one cohesive film. So when you look at this movie separately, the four stories, versus together how do you think that they work to create a solid narrative dave i i think that these are all four stories that would have worked really well as four individual episodes of tales of the crypt yeah um and and the the fact that this starts um with that that opening scene kind of uh very creep show style like going from live action to very like decidedly comic book animation and yeah. then like it ends with that comic book animation as well it's throwing it back to like pete said you know the old ec comics uh style horror and and this definitely works in that way but the fact that unlike what amicus was doing in the 60s uh or like those old roger corman uh uh, Edgar Allan Poe movies from the sixties that, you know, you'd combine all these different uh, mm -hmm. stories together. Uh, it, they were so intertwined together where it would cut from one and, and go into another and, and each story, even though it works great on its own works even better together. It's, it's, I think the only anthology film that at least comes to mind that, that does this, or at least does it this well. And and to, to me, that's what really stands out. The fact that you can start at the end of the movie, Tarantino it, and then see how every single character ties into every other character's story. It's uh it's a little bit of a mind fuck, you know, by you when when you see uh when you see Principal Wilkins, you know, be unmasked as the vampire, and it's like, oh. Well, Sookie Stackhouse going to get you now, man, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, and then, and then of course at the end, you know, even if you've been, if you've had in, that, that inclination there to find out that Charlie Cox is, is the, 
is is the the bus driver you know hannibal lecter the original hannibal lecter's the bus <laughs> driver you know like that's that's so fucking cool to see all this stuff come together it's um it's awesome i i i love this aspect of it and and it really does kind of go into that like campfire legend where um it wouldn't at least i would do this with my friends when we'd go camping you know out in the everglades or something like that it, it wasn't just that you were telling your own story but you tried to build up on that other story right it was that yes and like you were saying so you would use that as as that stepping stone to get to your your story and try to one up it but it, it wasn't ignoring what came before it that was canon it was there uh so i i I love that they did this, you know, especially because I'm such a fan of those old, you know, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing movies. Brian Cox, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Mm. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Pete. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, the fact that this has a theme that seems so obvious and I can't really think of another example of it being addressed. Like, why do we celebrate Halloween? Like there's I, I when I rewatched it recently, I'm like, you know, what? I can't. I'm sure there has to be some example of it, but I can't think of one where that whole point of the movie is exploring that. Like even the Halloween films don't really have anything to do with Halloween. It's just that they take place on Halloween, you know, which was a great idea, but it's not really relevant to the story. So in this case, everything that's happening is to illustrate some historical facet of the tradition and, and then, realizing that it's you know it's tied into our spirituality into religion into you know our cultures and then every character in all of the uh, anthology stories are that are antagonistic are breaking away from the tradition from the norm and that's when they are penalized you know or they are taking advantage of people who are celebrating it and that's when they're penalized and you know and so even when the werewolves are uh are you know attacking everybody it's because, you know, they are almost like a Sam character in my mind. Like, they're almost like a guardian of the night, you know? And so these are people who are taking advantage of the night for their own, you know, reasons and not really in the spirit of things. So I just love that. It's so unique to have a horror film in, like I said before, this tiny subgenre of Halloween-specific horror. It all takes place on the same night. Um, and it's about Halloween. I wish there were more movies about Halloween, frankly. So yeah, love it, dude. Gabby. Yeah. I, I, I love that we get something akin to like Krampus, right? Like mm -hmm. Krampus is one of those, uh, it, it's very much a holiday story of what could go wrong if you are not observing the rules of Christmas. Is I actually right. think like, it's the same, same, director, same writer and director. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Michael's but it makes sense now, right? Like it, it yeah. totally follows that he would be like, fuck it. If we're going to do Krampus and celebrate that there is this entity that will punish you and is completely chaotic if you do not abide by the rules, right? That why don't we do that for Halloween too? I mean, Halloween, please. It, it's a whole evening that's completely dedicated to the chaos of allowing the supernatural to take over and if you're not following by their rules well well then fuck you you know 
And that goes for everybody. Like, if you're a piece of shit murderer, like, uh, fucking principal, what's his name? Principal Wilkins. Wilkins, yeah. And, uh, and Krieg, like, you're a piece of shit. You're a predator. You are not celebrating Halloween for what it should be, which is a celebration of this, you know, kind of evening of the spirits crossing over. Like, you're, you're a predator. So you deserve whatever's coming to you. And that opening scene does, uh, plays on that too. The what? one, where um I forget the actress's name, but where she's Leslie stepped- Bibb. Yeah, Leslie Bibb. And she oh, stomped. where she she's a she's a piece of shit. She, <laughs> well, she's yeah. just like, uh, I guess I'll just go along with Halloween because I guess I have no other fucking choice. No, but because- she specifically smashes the jack o' lantern when her husband's like, wait, 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 wait. No, no. she does not smash it. She, she blows. Oh, no, blows she it blows out. Yeah, she blows it out. He even tells her, yeah. There's so you're gonna piss somebody yes. off by doing this because you're it's tradition, you're supposed to leave it on. She goes, Well, fuck tradition, blows it out, and yes. then literally, who does this? Who she doesn't play home? by the rules. Who goes home and is like, <laughs> I fucking hate Halloween so much that, that it's not even fucking the body isn't even cold yet, and I'm gonna just start yanking down these yeah. fucking yeah. those Wal- pieces. Who likes those people? All sending their boyfriend <laughs> or husband in to watch porn. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, go watch some porn. I'm gonna take down the Halloween. <laughs> <That's decoration. it. laughs> you deserve what was coming to you, lady. <laughs> and that encapsulates. The oh, rest and of excuse the movie. me, but she is also the one. I mean, well, both of them are really, but she's also the one that lets um, Wilkins' victim. When he's like playing vampire or whatever, she's the one that's like, "Ew, don't touch me," and <laughs> and lets her fucking get killed yeah. by Wilkins. That's her. Everything she had, she had it fucking coming, and <laughs> and that's sort of the answer to like the whole the whole entire thing was you had it fucking coming because even the kids, right? Oh man, even yeah. The kids that fuck with Rhonda, they get it. They get theirs because right. they and- use. Halloween for evil, and it's and it's, well, and, and and Rhonda likewise, you know, just just like Leslie Bibb's husband is, you know, she's really into this thing, yeah, yeah and she's really into the spirit educate. of it. Yeah, exactly. she I mean, like, educates she, herself yeah. and her crew. Yeah, and like tells them about Samhain and like and you know like the 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 the, the Wiccan origins are, are of of Halloween and things like right. that. I Rhonda's my favorite character in yeah. this movie. <sighs> I love Rhonda because. It's such an amazing like transformation, right? Like before we even meet her, they're like, "No, she's an idiot savant or whatever," yeah. and 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 then it's like, and so you're wondering the whole time, you know? It's it's just like it's just like when you're watching, uh, you know, she's all that, and you're like, "All right, how long till she finds <laughs> out?" You know? So like you're you're wondering the whole time, like, okay, how long before the kids pull the rug out from under? Obviously, I don't want to just hang out with her. You know, this is this is kids being awful. And so you're waiting for it. And then it finally happens. You're like, ah, man, fuck. I was really pulling for you, Rhonda. And then Rhonda goes full gangster on him. And yeah, it's just, I went like, like, bye, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> and just gets in the elevator. I love that moment. So, and then when she gets out of the elevator and Sam's just like hanging out. And like, she's like, just, peace out, bro. Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah. you're good. Me yeah. too. She, she gives him that nod. Yeah. Like, hey. yeah. Right. Something yeah. Like, and then just dibs. Like, so, they, they fucked the around perfect, and found out. Yeah. That's the perfect moment for Sam in the movie for me by the way too because that's when you realize he's not just out to cause harm he's- but he did that. i think the director did that on purpose yeah yeah course, like he man. wanted to show that like sam isn't just like michael myers that right. he's just indiscriminately killing right. on this night it's not about that it's yeah. he has a set of his own rules and he's, he's watching out yeah, yeah that's it but that I- that narrative is so important to show because really those stories don't connect if when the first time you watch it they don't really connect the way that you think they're going to 
Because when right. you're watching it through the first time, you're like, when are these people going to meet? When is this going to turn? Like, when do I get the full story? They never really do. And that, to me, is the genius part of that movie. They don't have to. Yeah, I, I love when, when so when you, when you first start it, and like I said, one of the very first things it says to you is, you know, here's four stories. And you're like, okay, cool. But that first time that, that you start seeing the characters interact, and um, when, uh, when the one girl, like, yeah, stumbles upon Leslie Bibb when she's trying to get away from who we, who we think might be a vampire at the time. And, um, and she, and it's like, oh, wait, she died or, okay, no, I see what we're doing. All right. Now I get it. Like, and it, and it, it slowly starts to come together like that. And I think that Dave's absolutely right in saying that all of these stories work very well together and you could sit down and you could shine the flashlight underneath your chin with your kids and, you know, grab a pizza and you could tell one of these stories and that's a great time. But Mm -hmm. the, the, the concept of, taking all of these stories and putting just enough connective tissue through all of them that, that you get this great movie with a solid beginning and end that are, are the same, right? So you're, you're, when you, you, when you start the movie, when you end the movie, you're in the exact same place. And uh, like we were talking about that, that idea of learning that when we first meet Sam, even though we don't really know it's Sam, you know, we get that great uh, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, first yeah. person POV through the, the the burlap sack but the first time you see him it's like whoa okay so this is like the new chucky right yeah, this yeah, is just yeah, some yeah. little tiny thing that kills people and so then by the end you see him i love it so much when he sits there and you just see him bite the sucker like ah well yeah. night's over i did work here done <laughs> and then he looks over and sees her blow out a pumpkin and it's like and you see him like i know yeah like right, right. <laughs> like I, was, I was really hoping for a light work night yeah. but yeah you know he looked over and it was like this bitch yeah <laughs> yeah it's it like it's like well okay. you know job's never done you only got to work one and night a year so i guess they're gonna make me too. earn it like you thought he took care of her in two seconds flat yeah <laughs> we're good we're and, <laughs> and so they do such a good job of connecting these stories making it all about this town, making each one slowly get, you know, kind of more fucked up and, and kind of more weird. But then also, like you said, redeeming Sam from from starting off from this idea that there's just a tiny psycho killer with a lollipop out there to, to finding out, man, this this dude's just doing work. Like this guy's got a job to it. And like you said, it's Krampus, right? Like, yeah, you can be afraid of Krampus. You should be afraid of Krampus, but I mean, also, this is a little more chaotic, I think, than yeah. Sam. Like he's just like, I'm here to get. My-. I mean, in the <laughs> tradition, in the actual Krampus tradition, he's not like he doesn't just show up and wreck a town. Like he <laughs> goes specifically after kids who yeah. fuck up, right? Like they don't do what they're supposed to yeah, be, and so. and then you get put in a sack and beat to death, and like, yeah, and so and forever. so and so by the end, like like we just keep like by the end, you're like, man, Sam is Sam is awesome. I think it's not like that. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And so food of ethics. And so <laughs> as an anthology, yes, you get four great scary stories, but you get one incredible movie that that does that does exactly what Peter keeps talking about, which is tells about Halloween, not yeah. just uses it as a setting, not just yeah. uses it as a MacGuffin. It 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 explains 
what Halloween is in a way that you're always going to find people who don't know, which, you know, is fine. If, if you celebrate Halloween and all you do is hand out candy and get candy, rad, more power to you. You you celebrate Halloween and you're deep into the origins of Samhain and All Hallows Eve and Dia de los Muertos and all of that that ties in together in the fall. Awesome. Like, I don't consider one of those things to be better than the other. But when, when I love the fact that the the writer of this movie was like, there's so much to this that's unexplored. So let's have some fun with it. Let's let's entertain people. Let's it's it's a uh, it's edutainment. Yeah. With, uh, you <laughs> know, <laughs> this is going to be mandatory viewing for everybody from ten and under. Like exactly. You, you yeah. yeah. So and, it's, and it's uh, crazy that that was never really explored thoroughly before. And I, and frankly, I feel like there's still way more to go. I. I've never really done a deep dive on whether or not there'll ever be a sequel, you know, or not, but I feel there like it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't think it, I think it just never came out. The, yeah. the last time there was an update on that apparently was in 2013. And he said that he would love to do one, but that the film also stands on its own. Okay, um, so I, I personally, I think that Warren Valley, Ohio is like rife for, for new stories to, to be picked out of it. Um, and, and I would love to see Sam back in there kind of connecting all of it together. It's like the Christmas Carol where you have Sam as like one of the angel, you know, the, the ghost of Christmas past present. And like, you just have him kind of like taking you through all these, uh, tales of like, you know, be careful, don't do this, don't do that. You know, that kind of thing. And it's just, mm -hmm. It's almost like the promise of the original Halloween franchise that it would have been an anthology. Yeah, I was about to right. say it's it's what it's mm -hmm. what it's what season of the witch was proposed as, right? Let us have our dang series already, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I would love it as long as it doesn't like ruin the original. How could it? I original guess. stands alone. I don't know. Sometimes sequels do that, don't they? Like, as long as just... Sam doesn't have like a kid and it's like, oh, Junior Sam. No, like... but you know, it would be cool to like. How, how much smaller is it going to be though? It's like a big, no, it's <laughs> he carries him around like this. Like a fetus, like why? What are we doing? Yeah, there's a tiny Sam spring out everywhere. No, but it? I would love to see like a little floating cool. thing. I have have him just follow him around. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, and then and you know, frankly, like that, that there's so much to go there that even if it was like a series or Netflix or whatever it was, I just don't. I I would like to revisit some of these, you know, vibes every year, even if it's not yeah. with Sam. But that would be a shame. I, what if Sam was literally the most level-headed of all of the quote-unquote Halloween spirits? You know, like what if he's the one that's the most chill, and there's <laughs> worse out there that is way more insane and way more yeah. willing to just murk everybody? Yeah. That'd be <laughs> we, awesome. Well, I I think part part of why. Um, we want so much more of this is because the the setting not just uh the time of year right not right. just the 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 actual holiday but the town of warren valley ohio seems like like there's like it's a real place mm -hmm. uh in in the same way where like we we can pick up a um you know, a, a DC comic and, and you've got, you know, Gotham City and you've got uh, Metropolis and and you've got Bloodhaven and you've got Central City and all of these like fantastic places that feel like they come to life and and you know, real stories happen there. Oh, it's like, no, no, no. I, Star City. Yeah, fuck I, Green Arrow. I, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, sorry. The, the least of the Justice League? Yeah, yeah, fuck him. Um <laughs> Uh, you have failed this city. <laughs> um, 
I, I I think that that's that's largely why this this feels so untapped. Like like there are so many more stories to tell. Um, so how does this town particularly, like Warren Valley, Ohio, really make us feel like this is somewhere that Sam might call home? Uh, Danny, you want to go first? Yeah, one? sure. So. When when you sent me the show notes, this was something that I hadn't considered. And then as soon as I started thinking about it, I realized what clicked for me about Warren Valley and what made it so awesome. And what it what it was is exactly what you're talking about when it comes to a comic book type city. And that is that we're constantly presented with the idea that this place has all of the necessary parts to 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 create something like this we've got the suburbs and you know where kids can go trick-or-treating we've got some sort of historic downtown area where there can be just a giant party and people are out drinking in the streets and 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 just and there's a parade and everything's so crazy that even when people are covered in blood you're like ah he's drunk right and but then also in that like downtown area we've also got some alleys that are apparently deep enough where you can get lost and get fed on by a vampire <laughs> and also it's not that far to a rock quarry that's deep enough to where you can drive a bus <laughs> off of it and lose it forever and, and it's exactly that feeling that you get when you're reading batman and there's always another part of gotham that you yeah. haven't seen right when yeah. you need to introduce something else there's always oh yeah oh you're talking about upper west side gotham yeah yeah, yeah. no we haven't <laughs> been there yet um there's 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 always just another bit but it's always presented in a way that you're never like that that doesn't make sense like all of this couldn't be here and so what we're presented with in warren valley ohio is like the small town version of the overlook hotel it's exactly what you need it to be and it's believable in all of those situations it it molds it adapts it becomes what it needs to be to tell that story and again that falls back into that uh that amazing campfire element of it right because you always or that urban legend element of it you always know somebody who knows somebody or no i was at my cousin's house it was like i said it's over there you've never been there right and so you're always presented with this idea that there's something just over the horizon that you don't know about about warren valley and so you're 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 engrossed in this world that that goes that that covers everything. Like all the, the there's the rural area where the quarry is. There's the burbs. There's the city, and it's all there, and it's all believable. And so you get this great concept of a town that can be anything you need it to be, and it's believable. And that's why uh, it ends up essentially becoming a character. Like I said, like we talked about when we did The Shining. Yeah, I also think that like I mean, I I, I, uh, I, I know Dave is from Miami too. I don't know where, where you're from, Dan, but for us, like Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Okay, so that place looks as foreign as a, a, a part of Universal Studios if you're from Miami, like a town like that. <laughs> so to me, it's it's just as important for the atmosphere and the foreign like fairy tale nature of it is like ooh in a town that looks like a town from the movies, you know, cause like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is that, you know, alien and otherworldly. And like, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that like, you can't have Halloween in Miami. You need cold weather. You need fall leaves. You need, this, <laughs> you know? and you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's not wrong. <laughs> so, and, and, and so for me, it's, that's part of the attraction is, is a town like that. I, I also, again, like the idea, like you're saying that, 
if there if they were to spawn off another set of stories, I'd love to know, you know, something about the police department. I'd love yeah. to know something about a local school. I'd love the Warren to- Valley Asylum is not out of the realm of possibilities here, you right? Know? Yeah, and then it's like it doesn't even have to happen, you know, the next year. It can happen 10 years before, 20 years later. It's just so much fun to explore. Um I wonder if that there's just other properties that scratch the itch for people. You know, Gabby and I watched the Sabrina show on Netflix, which is a weird show, mm-hmm. but it it's has, kind of garbage. But yeah, but it has like a, a but it has vibe a vibe. It's a vibe. That, yeah, like, this movie has a confusing demographic, like in the sense that is it for kids? Is it for adults? Is it for young adults? You know, for everybody. And so you know, to Rated me, e. to me, like, like <laughs> exactly. to me, having a setting like that is is as important in creating that atmosphere that you don't see in a lot of other play, uh, properties if you don't get that sub-horror genre of Halloween films, you know? Yeah. yeah. To me, what makes it so real, like, I mean, I think living in Miami, the concept that a city could have so many different parts, like, I know it, it, it feels weird for a place in Ohio. I don't really know Ohio, but I assume <laughs> that, like, a small town in Ohio... The people in Ohio don't either. It's okay. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I assume that if it's a small town in Ohio, like, there's not really, like, that much so when you put it into a movie like that it feels almost like comic book-esque where they're just creating these spaces to tell the story but having grown up in a city like miami i'm like no all those places do exist i mean <laughs> far away from each other but yeah. they're still all in the same city but that i mean that first of all t- at least to me it anchor- anchors it in reality at least my reality but what makes it even more i don't know like what, what it makes it I can connect to it more is is the people like it's so it's such a modern telling of the story of Halloween right like that girls would go to a shitty Halloween store to pick out the sluttiest costumes they could and then be texting werewolves are texting each other about where <laughs> to find their victims <laughs> talking about how sorry bitch but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Come and get this nasty ass fucking guy. And you're just going to do, and you're the whole time you're thinking like, well, you're going to end up fucking that guy. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I guess you're going to get wasted and you're going to fuck the fucking fat guy who's dressed as a baby. That's just your lot in life. Right. You decided to dress up as little red riding hood instead of slutty snow white. I don't know, but that's to me, to me, that feels very real. And like, even the kids going around and terrorizing each other feels real. Like that's to me, that's the power of this film is that it's such a modern telling of this, that even the way that people are with each other within this, you know, all these four stories, it just feels like I've probably experienced all of these, like knowing a creepy neighbor that you're like, for sure, that guy kills. Uh, Knowing, knowing that there's some urban legend story about some kids getting killed. I've heard that story at some point in my life when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. uh, having to weirdly dress up like a slut with your friends because you're like on the prowl for whatever. Like, I know, I know that life I can, it's a relatable. Yeah. It's like, it's almost visceral. Like I'm like, bro, I've had this Halloween night before (laughs) the Sam, you know, stalking me and going to a rock quarry or whatever, but I've had some aspect of each one of these stories. Or have you, and you just respected the holiday. So you didn't, there's a rock quarry in Miami. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like maybe, maybe you, maybe you have had the night, but you're respectful of the holiday. So Sam just left you alone. Right. Like I'm not stupid enough to go to Chrome Avenue to go to the weird insane asylum. Like I'm not doing it. I know. I know it's there. I'm not going. I know. I respect (laughs) Halloween. Have, have, Have you never been? Hell no. I respect my life. 
and the the body that I was given and the life that I was given. I'm not going. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's fantastic. No, you're out of your mind. So. We've we've got one. We've got one here in Tuscaloosa on uh, on the outskirts of town. That's uh, that's a retired sanitarium. And uh, yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Actually, went to a concert down in the basement there one not, time with no, generators. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, I'm good. You're um, playing with your life. <laughs> it's <laughs> do um the 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 rumor here is uh, to to go back to this idea that there's lore in a city, right? That a city is like a leave a living, breathing thing. Uh, the the rumor here uh, probably since like the the 70s uh is that it's an, an abandoned uh insane asylum but it wasn't it, though right no it was uh, it was an air force base oh, there you go. uh ah. and, and back back in those days uh chrome avenue was like pretty much so far removed from where miami ended which i guess was you know maybe like you know galloway you know 87th mm -hmm. or something like that yeah and um a little, a little further into kendall but yeah you're yeah, yeah, so it was it was it was so far out. It was basically the Everglades. Yeah, and uh, and and so like you could run, you know, what whatever training you needed out there. You could land planes and you know take off, you know, in helicopters and all that shit. And uh, and and I guess as you know, civilization just pushed westward. Um, it just well, shut kids, down. And kids were look, you know, living out there in West Kendall. We're looking for places to like hang out and like get loose and right <laughs> what, better way, what better way to get a bunch of your friends out into the fucking everglades and telling them like oh it's an abandoned insane asylum like right oh yeah david there's yeah. that abandoned like firehouse building too on 107th between kendall and sunset are you familiar with that one in that indian in yes that yeah, yeah there's always places like that in these in towns indian hammocks there's an abandoned firehouse is it indian yeah yeah no. yeah yeah, yeah. it's um it's it's um no. That was the hauntedest thing I ever walked through as a kid. <laughs> hauntedest, I love it. I, uh, every town has that, like, and oh, every yeah. town has those 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 threatening zones, threatening people. There was people, dude. I was convinced many of my teachers and principals growing up until high school, at least, uh, were super unsavory citizens. You know, the the pastor of the school. I went to a private school from kindergarten to eighth grade, and the priest. I'm to this day, I'm convinced that guy ate kids, man. And it's like. <laughs> And there's always there's always that literal, you know, I mean, not literal, figurative big bad wolf vibe as a kid. And again, that's what this this film encapsulates it, not only in the physical landmarks of the city, but the people that, you know, populate it, the characters. 100%. Yeah, President Wil um, Principal Wilkins is the best example of that, right? Yeah. Like the um, yes. figure who is obviously bad. Like we're not making this up anymore. This guy is legitimately bad. I, I mentioned off air and I really shouldn't be doing this that um, my son was with me for most of the movie while it was <laughs> on. Um, and uh, the moment that he sits down, principal Wilkins sits down next to Charlie. Uh, my son looked up at me and he goes, is he going to kill his son? I'm like, well, it's not, it's not his son. He goes, is he going to kill that random boy? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why do you ask? Because he's 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 definitely a bad guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he kind of is, right? He's he's got that look to him, you know. And and I think that's something that kids pick up on, um, you know. The to to take it back to that idea that these these are all stories that are are so uh, they're they're so like primeval, you know. Um, it 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 gets you right where where it should which is where it can get anyone yeah it's yeah. almost instinct right like you just know <laughs> to pick out the guys who you know are going to be bad but also when we were kids like my parents and grandparents would tell us you know not only on halloween but stories 
all year long about, hey, you got to be careful doing this or walking that way. And if you see someone that looks like this and looks like that. And sometimes as a, you know, some of the years I spent as a teacher, I would meet kids who felt like they did not get those cautionary tales from their family, you know. And and sometimes I uh, I would think, man, we're lucky to have some of the films and books that we had growing up because a lot of the pop culture uh, that I consumed as a kid, especially um, the pseudo scary stuff that was for kids, you know, had a little bit of a cautionary tale. Like it's almost like that's how you teach the next generation uh, where to be careful, what to be careful about. And you entice them with a little bit of the taboo, a little bit of the creepy and the scary. But then at the end, there's a lesson. Be careful with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like back when we did Demon Night and we talked yeah. about uh, just Tales from the Crypt yes. a as a yes. whole. Yeah. That was one of the things I brought up about Tales from the Crypt is when you, whenever you would watch Tales from the Crypt, like, yeah, it was scary. And yeah, it was fun. But I mean, I feel like nine times out of ten when you were watching Tales from the Crypt, it was about somebody getting their comeuppance, right? Yeah, like the, the people in Tales from the Crypt were not good people that bad things happened to they were generally bad people that bad creep things happen like to. that too yeah yeah it? yeah creep show to me was just shitty people getting what, what was yeah. coming to them yeah so um one of the things that, that we always uh that we always like to do here is we always like to explore the the filmmaking elements of the movie so i mean just when we're looking at the the nuts and bolts of what makes trick-or-treat i'm talking the writing the acting the special effects anything like that like what is it about the, the the technical aspects of Trick or Treat that stand out and make it a movie that you want to you know watch again or not watch again or recommend to people things like that? What what parts of the of the, the inner workings of Trick or Treat stand out for you, Dave? Uh, well, firstly, I, I think it's it's important to remember that Trick or Treat was made for twelve million dollars, which uh, we we often talk about budgets and. Um, I, I know when we very recently talked about uh, the original Evil Dead and, and it's uh, like literal, you know, shoestring budget, you know, 12 million might seem like a lot of money. It really isn't. So um, the fact that they were able to pull off a lot of these special effects like that werewolf transformation scene oh, is man. really great. It yes. is really, really good. Um, and, and And I would put it up there certainly with an American werewolf in, in London, um, although it, it, it isn't as iconic a transformation scene. I think it's just as good. The fact that they open themselves up, like if they're, you know, just unzipping their skin, it's a flesh costume that they've been wearing this whole time. How fucked up is that? It's like the, the wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. sort of thing, you know, uh, that's, that's terrifying. You know, uh, the the effect of Charlie's head on on that slab when when they get down into the basement. Oh good. man, that that scene is so, uh, like that that moment really is thing. so great. It's like, oh my god, his kid's in on it. Like, yeah. he wasn't just hiding it from him; he really was just getting on his goddamn nerves when he was yeah. trying to do his work. <laughs> and um, the the other effect that I I really love so much, and it's it's probably very simple to do but it's just so effective is when, when Sam gets blown to pieces, I think that's really effective. The yeah. way that, the way that they make, you know, the, the pumpkin guts turn into, you know, blood and, uh, and viscera. It's, it, it's really great. And the, the hand effect, the way it kind of comes back in on, onto his forearm, it's, it's all so polished. It looks like a movie with a budget many times, 
what uh, what Dougherty had to to make this movie. To to me, that is where so much of this stands out because movies like this, oftentimes, like regardless of your cast, and I think this has a really good cast, a really convincing cast. Um, it's it's so often kind of hampered by by its budget. And we, we said this of Evil Dead, you know, the first Evil Dead, you know, there are occasions yeah. where, um, you know, you, you can see the string pull the the bookshelf as it falls on on Bruce Campbell. And that's that's part of the appeal of the movie. But in the end, it does kind of detract from the film watching experience after you've seen it so many times. You don't really give a fuck. It's just part of it it's there it's part of the movie it's it's an actor in the same way that bruce campbell is in that scene that little that little string or but, um, or or recently the one that i texted dave recently re-watching uh the very first nightmare on Elm street i i had always missed the fact that when freddie falls from the second floor down to the first floor on the stairs you can literally see the mattress that's down there to catch him like <laughs> pop up into frame and i was like Okay. That's okay. funny. We just no, dude, the best is when they uh, decapitate Jason's mom in the first um, in the first Friday the 13th. And it's not really the actress. I forget her name. It's like Betty something. And mm. when she's like grasping at her like stump of a neck, it's really the one of the special effects guys. It's his like hairy ass hand with all his like, <laughs> rings on. Like, you can see the toothpicks that were holding the fake head onto her stump. But now with like how good quality everything is, you can see everything perfectly. So you yeah. see the toothpicks and you see his hairy ass hands going like, oh, like, <laughs> like, holy Re shit. Dude. Rewatch it again. So good. Oh, my God. So good. Uh, oh, Sleepaway Camp. That mustache. Yeah. The mustache on the movie. police officer. Oh, oh man. You, you should watch. So good. We did that one. We did that one recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that 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 really makes this movie as, as far as it uh, like focusing on the filmmaking aspect, it, it, it looks really polished. This, this punch is well above its weight. Oh, I think it's because they didn't spend their money on trying to do like CG shit. Mm -hmm. Like they just, they like put their money where it was going to get the most bang for their buck. Right. Which is in practical effects. And to me, practical effects when doing done well, and this was done in the two thousands where People knew what they were doing. It wasn't like the early films of practical effects where people were literally slapping together like household products to try to get shit to work. <laughs> like these people knew what they were doing. They had more sophisticated things to work with to accomplish the effect that they were looking for. That's why the werewolf scene looks so good. That's why uh, Sam looks so amazing when he's being shot apart is because they, with practical effects, you can make it look awesome. Yeah. Uh I mean, for me, the, the reason this film stands apart others is that it is, in my opinion, iconically designed. You know, there's every single um, feature, like every story has a feature focal point, right? And so each one of those has an iconic visual moment. Um, and it, frankly, I think that's why some, sometimes these movies live on past when they came out because they're merchandised forever and the merchandise is successful because the designs are good. People like Sam and don't even know what the movie is, you know? And so I think that the, that is one of the things that sets my favorite movies in this genre apart from others. Are you just trying to get a quick jump scare or are you carefully designing the visuals of this medium you know like yes we already established sam is to me a modern icon of the genre period with one film with barely any screen time in it 
with the sack on his head, but even more so with the sack off of his head for me, thinking about how did it take so long to get like an awesome um, character based on the idea of a jack-o'-lantern. I know we had Jack Skellington, but really that was a pumpkin on his head only. Right. And it, it wasn't really, and then pumpkin. He, he takes it off in one scene. Yeah. yeah. And, and pumpkin head is not really a Shakespearean process. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pumpkin head's not really a pumpkin head in any regard, you know. And it's like the idea that, like, wow, I thought about the other day. I'm like, holy crap, it's the first time someone thought to do something like to make an anthropomorphic jack o' lantern that is a living entity that could have been the original demon entity that inspired the first jack o' lantern. You know, you could read into it. And, uh, well, it was a, it, it, it he is taking from the original lore of yeah. the jack-o'-lantern, which is a spirit who lives inside of a pumpkin. Right, right. But the actual visual of it right. is like, you know, right. crystallized. So I, those things to me are, are super, super important. You know, again, the, uh, the the kids in the school bus with those retro masks all yeah, those lined masks. up. And then when they're all coming at you, like the old rotten versions of themselves. Again, brilliant. How yeah. much could those masks have originally right, right, right. cost them? I right. mean, they were brilliant yeah. in those choices. The uh, the that wedged lollipop in the mouth and the opening scene is like a cool, just a frame right there. There's so many moments that could slap on a T-shirt. And I think when it's a movie like this that you tell your friends about after, like, oh, and there's this one part where, you know, <laughs> the pumpkin goes. There's one part where and there's all those little moments. And so even though the movie is not, you know, Academy Award winning film, it's got the type of stuff that you look for in those stories, in the lore, visualized by a great artist who can design and like encapsulate these moments that we love to look at later you know i awesome. think using the color palette of halloween yeah, was such a brilliant course. choice yeah, too like to. sticking with the bright oranges yeah. and the creepy browns and blacks and like the whole color palette of the film just feels like you're in halloween season they don't mm -hmm. shy away from like the garish oranges and the you know neon greens and all that stuff that's even, what it is that's even what the reality is and even giving like extra life to the generic tropes like if someone wants to be Little Red Riding Hood for uh, for Halloween now. Okay, it's, it's not just Little Red Riding Hood. It's like, oh, is she the wolf bird? You know, or if someone shows <laughs> up as a witch, you know, it's like, oh, but it's Rhonda the witch. You know what I'm saying? Right. It amplifies the tradition a little bit too. I love all that about it, man. Well, they they kind of established that right from the beginning in in that newscast yeah. where uh, where the uh, the journalist is saying, you know, that that Warren Valley is this place where. Uh, Halloween is uh, like uh, integral to to the town's DNA, and 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 th that's established there. So, so a lot of that visual design comes out of this idea that, like, yeah, they may have just gone to Party City and <laughs> picked up these like ridiculously garish Halloween decorations because that's what most people do. Yeah, 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 and it fits. I, right. I, I, I think that when we're looking at the the technical aspects of this film, one of the ones, and I don't even know if it counts as a technical aspect, but one of the things about this movie, uh, Anna Paquin aside, but at the time in two thousand seven, <laughs> she was she was very much uh, in this category. Watching it now, not so much, but this movie is full of people that you go, wait, I know that person, and yeah. and they're doing a great job, right? Like the casting for this movie ended up being so great with Brian Cox, with Anna Paquin, with Dylan Baker as as yeah. as, yes, the, as, he the, is, as the he's so great. Dylan I Baker with Brian Cox until this year, you guys. I've seen this movie 400 times. It, yeah. I, I never realized cheap from Brian Super Hunter. Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um Riker. Yeah, but uh I mean, like I said, like but, but Dylan Baker just like he just 
he he just embodied that role so much and so the casting was very well done with like i said even in 2007 so i'm pretty sure i mean that was pre true blood or right oh, yeah. around definitely, okay right definitely. yeah so um so so we're so you know we, we've got a little bit of anna paquin out there but at the time these are all people that you're like i recognize them but from where yeah. i do, it doesn't matter because they're doing such a great job yeah, yeah. And when we're talking about the writing and the aesthetic, and we can always go back to one of the very first things we said, which is the way this was written was so relatable. Like the one that always gets me is the idea that this guy is a principal at a school and a serial killer, right? Because every kid can relate to this idea of yep. having a principal or a vice principal that they hated and you you hope it doesn't happen to you, but you really hope that they're like a horrible person. And there's a reason that you, that you can hate them yeah. other than the fact that, you know, you got suspended for one of the various and sundry things I've been suspended for in my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so th this idea that it's like, Oh man, like he's not just a shitty person. Like he's a shitty person. Who's a serial killer. Right. And, and you know, they, they, they definitely let you know, like he's not new to this. Like he's yeah. perfected the way he's going to boys in these candy bars and look, he dug up the hole and there's bodies in it already. And, and so, all of these, all of these things. And um, like Gabby said, that this concept of it, of it speaking to you on a visceral level about you were talking about for, as, as a woman, the, the idea of dressing up with your friends and, and, you know, being on the prowl and stuff like that. All of those ideas are just so beautifully written. And I, it was early on. I don't remember if it was Peter or Gabby. One of you guys mentioned scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, and that's exactly what that one did. The reason those were so scary when you were a kid is because there was just enough kernel of truth. There's yeah. just enough in there. So, you know, everything that you guys have talked about is is all part of it. But the writing on this is what absolutely blows me away. The, the conversations feel realistic. You know, like you you have a neighbor that you don't like. It's like, ah, yeah, fuck you. Like, yeah. hey, screaming, whatever. Like, you just told me off from, my, you know, <laughs> minding my own business. Now I don't care that you might be dying, right? These are these are all experiences that, that we've had. And, you know, and like we talked about with, with Warren Valley, it feels like a place that maybe you've been or you've seen in another movie or you have experience with. So just the way the whole movie was put together, which I guess, you know, production, directing, however... I'm still, I, I do this podcast now. I'm still not hundred percent sure exactly what's directing with production, mm -hmm. but, um, but you know, like the, the way that all of that was brought together, like it's easy to look at this movie and say, eh, well, maybe they could have cleaned up this, cleaned up that. But I, I think for the most part, we do see a lot of polish and things like that, but with what they have, they brought everything together beautifully. Um, they did just an awesome job with it. There were some great, audio effects in this um that i absolutely love the two that stand out one is one is an audio effect and that is when they're down in the quarry and um after it's been revealed that you know like the first part of the gag and and they're like oh Rhonda, we're just fucking with you but then the audio gets real muted and and everything sounds distant every time somebody talks it sounds like they're in another room uh, yeah. from the microphone. And so you partially got, okay, am I hearing this from Rhonda's perspective? And she's still a little dazed because she hit his head, she hit her head. But then you also get this, this idea of, you know, something is very unnatural about being down in this quarry. And it, and it makes that scene so creepy, just that real distant echoey audio in that. And, um, 
when we did the other, the other thing being a sound thing, when we did Idle Hands last week, we talked about how it was one of the first uh, movies that we've done on the podcast that had like a legit soundtrack. And while this one's definitely got some songs, the use of Marilyn Manson's cover of Sweet Dreams. Oh, yeah. oh so perfect. God damn. I so, so good. And, you know, we, we, uh, we've we had to, on a couple occasions on this podcast, talk about separating the art from the artist. Marilyn Manson is a garbage human being. Yeah. But the man can cover a fucking song. <laughs> specifically, because let's that not works. talk about uh, This Is Halloween, because that was a trash cover. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's but as he, he also really it, yeah he does does a great he also does a great tainted love, um, oh. but uh, <laughs> but his his version of sweet dreams and it it's so perfectly crafted into the scene and the way that that the visuals slow down but the cuts are real fast and it all plays into this amazing werewolf transformation scene when everything that we've been watching about these girls comes to a head in a way that i mean honestly you, you there's no way there's no way you saw this coming even if you'd had the inkling of an idea like you might have thought they were a coven of witches yeah, or yeah. you know you might have started to but no like, i thought the, they were the prey i thought yeah. they were gonna get killed they like, were gonna get eaten yeah like i i i had when i saw this i saw this you know it's, it's been about 10 years since i've seen it when i watched it today but that first time when i saw it i did start to even when it, it when they started to lean into it and the body shows up i was like oh they're witches right but then to find out they're werewolves and just the like, transformation while that song plays just so oh, wait excuse me anna pack one has never been hotter <laughs> literally I, the hottest she's ever I, been i, I can't wonderful. disagree i what? can't disagree oh you can't yeah, yeah. or you do disagree no, okay. no i can't oh, i can't you. disagree because with that. Yeah, but even I, the fake teeth something. made her I was gonna say, even, even the gap even the gap yeah Damn. yeah i noticed something about that today i think they cg'd her eyes bigger than they really are oh for sure and there was like so, yeah, some they, contacts so, going on so if you literally change the structure of some human's face then you know face to like so oh wow gabby is ruthless to listen Whoa. i was a true blood fanatic and but anna paquin not a not a fan I, huh? not I my like, favorite I, I like the first couple seasons of those uh, of that show and it, yeah. it 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 went off the rails and and fast yeah, i was hate i was hate watching it by by like halfway through I, that series i've never like i've never watched true blood but i'm here for shirtless joe manganella so it's worth i, I think watch, it's right? worth watching just for like the trashy novella aspect of it but like her in that movie so yeah. good she and plays it so well the 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 other thing um uh shooting or camera work wise when they're in the quarry they're the going from the when they start telling the story the transitions into and out of the story with the big sweeping camera movements as the setting as the scene changes those transitions are amazingly well done like you get this big pan over the quarry and then all of a sudden leaves are falling and you're back in the neighborhood and the kids are there and oh, then the boy. bus then the bus is going off and it, go, it goes into the fog and the fog encompasses the camera. And then you're back in the quarry with the kids. So and it's, it's amazing that like, you know, so often when you see like these, these flashbacks, they're done in like sepia tone and that's not what he went with. He yeah. went with like an orange filter, yeah. you know, to, to again, kind of like get this feeling to you like, Hey, it's Halloween. You know, yeah. these uh, this is the lore of this town. It, and 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 not just that, but the soft focus was was perfect. Yeah. It was he so, keep the palette. 
Yeah. He has a palette that he works with throughout, and it's very much a Halloween palette, which is what it should be. And so, so as a whole, we end up with a movie that that's put together well, that creates a town with its own deeply fucked up mythos. And you get, like I said, you get a lesson, you get a bunch of great stories, you get some good gore. I, I, it's it's just the whole package is put yeah. together amazingly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that it's like a lifeline, right? Like you see it from the youngest kids all the way to Krieg being the oldest, right? Mm -hmm. And like how many ways you could fuck this up. Like yeah. if you could be a piece of shit and you can terrorize people on Halloween, but you're going to get what's coming to you. You could be a teenager like what Anna Paquin's group was and you're like kind of disillusioned with the whole thing, but you're still going along with it because you kind of have to. Then you could be like, uh, what's her face? The one that gets killed at the beginning. Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb. There you go. Again, disillusion, just going along with it because fuck it. And you get what's coming to you. And you could be Krieg, an old ass fucking <laughs> piece of shit who is a, it gets what's coming to him because he's mm. given up on Halloween. It's like, no, the, it's because he actively and look, he actively betrayed the kids who were celebrating. 100%. It, but it, like yeah. every stage of life, you could fuck it up. Yeah. I think that's the story. It's like, yeah. don't fuck it up. Just keep going with it. Also, also the idea of the fact that uh, that you can never outrun Sam, right? Yeah. Because we yeah. see Krieg, Krieg, we see Krieg commit this atrocity when he's much younger, and you know, so there's and Sam watches. We see him. Yes, in the and we see it's a watch and you miss it. By. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Yes, when 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 they're flashing back, when the bus like makes the turn, like at the farm or whatever, to go back to the quarry. Sam's just like sitting there, like on a fence or something. Oh, is he like poking the crow? Yes, and he's yes. like poking oh, the dead bird. I thought that was current day. I didn't know that that yeah, was. Yeah, that's day part of the, the flashback. So he knew, <gasps> but he 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 waited. Like it, it was. I, was, it was say, I would like an I would like an explanation of why wait. Well, yeah, I mean, all right. So here's here's the only thing that I can come up with is that Sam knew that the magic of Halloween, I guess, would uh, rear its ugly head, and some way or another, these children would come back as the mm. undead. And so he waited for the perfect cool. moment, right? Because he saw them come back, right, from the quarry, and. That's I think there why, you go. why I think that's why he spares Krieg, not that's because right. he's like, oh, you don't deserve to die because he gave me candy. Yeah, yeah. I th I think it's like what's coming. Yeah, he's gonna be so much them. better. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't want to rob that's them of their, their vengeance. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah. right. Exactly. And so they had to wait I'll for that moment up where, for you. Yeah, you had to wait yeah. for that moment <laughs> where a group of kids disrespected their memory and yeah. used them as a prop for their gag. And then, yeah, the magic of Halloween brought them back. And yeah. then Sam just had to distract him long enough for them to very slowly and make what, it from the quarry to Krieg's house. Yeah. What I love about that is that, um, like, he, he then, after that encounter with Sam, seems to be playing along with the rules of Halloween. He answers the door. He gives candy. You know, the kids are like, oh, what a great mummy costume. And, you know, he doesn't correct them. He's right. just like, uh, yeah, please just go away. I don't want to die, <laughs> you know. Right. And and it's not enough. It's too little too late. It's, dude. it's, it's too little too late. Yeah. You know, you also you, you're you a fucking murderer. So, yeah, why? yeah, you, you <laughs> can't in a big way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can't write racist, you know, emails for for uh, for <laughs> you know, what 10 years and then pretend to be a good person. Yeah. And <laughs> think you're going to get away with it. Ah, you, you got Gruden. I, I did. I, I did a sports. He did a sports. Yeah. Yay, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I assume you were, we're, we're nearing the end. But one thing I wanted to say about this that on another level stands out to me is I love the fact that this movie is 
becoming a cult classic after being essentially shelved, you know? And just imagine working on this movie. Imagine, you know, being Michael Doherty, who had designed Sam like years ago in school. I read about that. And um, and just like thinking you made something pretty awesome, dude, because, you know, it, it, it's it must be impossibly difficult to create something with so many moving parts like this, like any film project. And then to get all the way to the finish line and you're pretty must be pretty proud of it. And then it just sits there for years, dude, like. And, and what that must have felt like, you know, after all that work, what that must have been like, you know, I think something similar happened with Cabin in the Woods. I can't remember exactly, but these are like weird genre films that are big swings and, and, and everybody involved with it just, you know, has to sit and wait and, and you have to keep going with your career after that must, that is really special to me that it's so charged up like that, you know, to think about how many people, you know, had like that false sense of like, and we're done, but no one's going to see it. You know, yeah. it was limbo for a while. I remember that no one was going to see it. It was that's yeah. before all the streamers, before all that. It was just either going to get released or not. That's like the best <laughs> lesson of like stick to, yeah, stick to your ideas. Yeah. If it's a good idea, it's a good idea. Don't let anybody yeah. tell you otherwise. It just yeah. might take a while. Yeah. You know? well, you met, we, we mentioned hero. True Blood. Um, Anna Paquin had not yet done True Blood when she filmed this movie and it was first right. screened and then once it was released she had already become a star for true mm. blood yeah. okay so, so there that's go. that's 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 how crazy uh you know all of this can can yeah. be and she was know? just an and i mean not to downplay talent but she was just an actress in the grand scheme of things but imagine all the people who put this together on the back end, like they just have to keep on trucking. Yeah. 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 Hope that one day it's going to yeah. get the notoriety it deserves, or maybe it never will, but he, you know, it stands on. She, she definitely wasn't a, a no name actress. You know, she's, yeah, she was an X Men. She's been acting since she was a little kid. I remember watching this, uh, this awful, awful movie that my sister wanted to watch all the time called Fly Away Home about these little oh, ducks yeah, that uh, ducks. that uh, that Anna Paquin finds with uh, with her dad, Jeff Daniels. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, it is so, so bad. And my sister was like, let's watch this one again. I'm like, but what about Raiders of the Lost Ark? So, you were right there. You were. Yeah. Um, anyway. Awesome. Um, it was usually Raiders because I was older. And I got to <laughs> um, so what, one of the things that we uh, we like to do here, uh, Pete and Gabby, is we give every movie a rating of its own. So we, mm. we don't we, we don't do stars. Mm. Uh, we we do its own thing. So we, we went back and forth, uh, Daniel and I, on what we were going to do for this. And I think we decided on a possible five stabby lo lollipops, right? Stabby right. lollipops. Yeah. 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 So, so out of a possible five stabby lollipops, how many stabby lollipops do you give this Gabby? A five. Is that even a question? Yeah. So okay. obviously a five out of five. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's a five too. Yeah. yeah, five. yeah uh, this, this movie, when, when we first talked about it, I, I couldn't, I honestly, I remembered it and I remembered the, the process, like the, the, the plot of the movie, but I couldn't remember very much about it. So when I sat down to watch it, you know, kind of came at it with a fresh set of eyes and I always keep waiting for the week that we're gonna, you know, that we're gonna have to do a movie that, that we're gonna have to shit on. But like this, this yeah. ain't that week. This no, is dude. not that week. This, <laughs> not this, 
This movie's so good um, I, for all of the reasons that we've talked about. It does so much to establish slash further this subgenre of the Halloween horror movie. And yeah, it's an absolute five. I mean, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, um, I I knew before we we even decided that you know uh, we were doing this movie that whenever we got around to trick or treat, it was going to be a five. Uh, I mean, this uh, this movie's uh, a perfect. I mean, uh, even if we were to do stars and not stabby lollipops, <laughs> still be five. It would still be five because uh, we we like we like to judge movies against themselves and not against yeah. other things. Uh, you know, because we we uh, for example we gave like uh, the Shining uh, four and a half. Uh, what yeah. was it that we used? Uh, uh, like bloody hallways or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, and and yet, I think we also gave uh, four and a half to Demon Knight, and you can't right. fucking compare those movies. And we gave Idle Hands five. So yeah, <laughs> that's a rough one. Yeah, like, teenage Gabby would have given that like a ten out of like an eleven. I was in love with Devon Sawa and uh, what's his face, um, Seth Green. Seth Green. I just watched it again for the first time in like twenty years, no, and I was like, "What the likes- fuck was this?" No, you, you, you said you liked the guy from Mighty Ducks more than oh. Devin. My uh, God! Yeah. Uh, what's his name from uh, from um, Daredevil? Uh, oh yeah, the guy who plays Foggy. Foggy. He's Peanut in the movie. Elden yeah. Head. Yeah. Yeah. I had a crush on him from for that long. I I didn't yeah. know. I forgot. But yeah. yeah, it's it's a trash movie, but it's still yeah. one yeah. of the one so, of the yeah. movie it, just delivers, it, dude. It just delivers. It's the best kind of trash. Yeah, yeah. Trigger uh, treat. Yeah, like it's it, it is it 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 is exactly what you think it's gonna be in, in the best way possible. It's a movie that you can recommend to anyway. every friend that you know that's even slightly inclined towards Halloween, yeah. and you don't have to worry whether they're like a gigantic wuss about horror because this movie doesn't take it to that level where you're gonna feel uncomfortable. It just scratches that itch yeah. of like, oh shit, I can't believe that happened, but without giving you nightmares. Right. Yeah. 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 And the good guys win. Right, exactly. And, exactly. and the good guys win. <laughs> so uh, on behalf of all of us here on Shiver, uh, Pete, Gabby, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, we'd, we'd love to have you back on at some point. Uh, hopefully it won't be uh, a whole another year when we do another uh, round of Halloween movies. Um, and, uh, and for those of you who have listened and decided – I don't think horror movies are for me. Uh, We've got a whole lot of other podcasts on the Geek More uh, network. Not Geek More, Geek Bro. Uh, On the Geek Bro network, we've got uh, Mount Geek More, which uh, Daniel uh, and I are a part of. We've got What's Up Bro. We've got... uh, kick flicks right did I, do, did I do that right you did that right okay good uh we've got the kick flicks we've got uh, comedy fitness we've got seasons we've uh, got crimacopia uh, crimacopia is the new one yes a true crime podcast who's the goddamn genius who's titling all these <laughs> uh, it's damn it's it's a it's a we're really a hell of a just... brain trust over here. <laughs> Geek, <laughs> Geek oh, good, yeah, I want to each one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so on behalf of all of us here, fright you very much.